Seven past eight. So the story and eventual unravelling of Ben Robert Smith has had Australia into us to a slightly lesser degree gripped. Of course, the soldier was accused of war crimes while serving in Afghanistan, including six unlawful killings. First reported by Nick McKenzie, the journalist, he and Fairfax Media became a target for Robert Smith, who sued them for defamation. The court ruled last week, of course, the stories were accurate. Nick uh, Nick McKenzie's book is called Crossing the Line, and he is with us from Sydney. Very good morning. Good morning. I read your piece over the weekend in the Morning Herald, and um, I'm glad you I'm glad you articulated it the way you did. Because my first question before reading that was, this must have sat very, very heavily on your shoulders. It's been the, the toughest assignment of 21 years of my journalism career. Uh, no one in, in Australia ever wanted to to believe, and, and I didn't want to believe that Ben Robert Smith, our, our most revered war hero, was a, in fact a war criminal. Um, but that's that's the facts. The court has a court has found that, and it's it's the journey of of understanding how we got to that point, which is um so remarkable. And while it has weighed heavily upon me, I mean the one thing I do want to stress is my stress and and experience in in covering this and exposing this story is nothing like that compared to the SAS soldiers of Australia who actually stood up to Ben Robert Smith, mm-hmm. uh, stood up uh, to, to him on the battlefield and or in court and told the truth. And it's them that, that really exposed what, what went on. Where are we at legally? Because the last thing I heard from him, we were standing at an airport. He was here, of course, in Queenstown, and he headed back to, I think, I assume, Sydney. He said at the airport, we'll have a think about appeal and see where we go. Where, where are you at with that? We're waiting to see if Ben Robert Smith does appeal. He has, I think it was 45 days to decide whether he does that or not. I must say the the early indications from every lawyer that I've spoken to who's read the judgment, the judgment's online and your listeners can, can have a read, uh, it seems to be fairly appeal-proof. It's based on a factual assessment. So where the judge has made a decision to call Ben Robert Smith to conclude he is a war criminal who murdered... Uh, sometimes uh, innocent civilians with their hands bound. It's made on his assessment of, of uh, facts or what he, what he finds to be facts, not on legal points, mm. which makes it a fair bit harder to appeal. Which is the interesting, I suppose there's, there's for a purposes of our conversation, like two stories here. One's your story of Ben Robert Smith, the other is the trial. Did you know the trial was coming, inevitably? They are, I guess, two different stories, but they certainly overlap. I mean, I like to say there's a number of battles here, or battle zones. There's the Afghan conflict. There's the the newsroom, the journalism that that we're trying trying to do, and then there's the the courtroom. Uh, Did we know the uh, lawsuit would happen? I I never thought that he would sue because I knew what we had written was true, and I just thought there's no way in the world this man, uh, if, if you've murdered a bunch of people, uh, and we're not talking about fog of war incidents here, we're talking about uh, prisoners with their hands bound, mm. you, you, know, you surely are going to not launch a case that will risk having more evidence about these murders exposed. I mean, that that's, stands to reason. I think it's part of this extraordinary story. Who is Ben Robert Smith? How narcissistic and arrogant is this man? I know we, we've heard him described as the Lance Armstrong of the Australian military. And I think that's a, that's a fairly uh, good uh, characterization. Well, Lance Armstrong didn't kill anyone, though, is the, is, is the difference, I guess. But, but, but the, the, the thing about the court case is that, and having been through court cases myself, is that you get the, the technicalities of it. And you wrote very well over the weekend involving your lawyer. And, and, and you were, you know, at times beside yourself. And, and you're sort of in a world that you don't necessarily understand the nuance and subtleties of. And that goes on. So once you've had the trial... 
and then you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait until a verdict. I mean, what must that be like? Uh, it, it, it's sheer hell. Uh, I can't. I can't tell you. I mean, it, when you enter the court process, you sort of cede all control, and you're relying on other people. So ultimately, you're relying, in our case, on SAS witnesses to come to court to tell the truth. And we had witnesses. We, we knew they had witnessed Ben Robert Smith execute prisoners, but we also knew they were, you know, his his brother soldiers. They they'd been. To weddings together, they drunk together, they were uh, sometimes best mates. Would they come to court at all? And if they did, would they tell the truth? Mm. So, so just waiting for witnesses to show and then to see what they'd say was extremely nerve-wracking. And then, of course, you're waiting for the judge to, to uh, will the judge believe uh, these men? Now, I mean, I call Ben Robert Smith, uh, others have called him the Lance Armstrong. Uh, of course, Lance didn't kill anyone, but they're both narcissistic liars. And yeah. I think in, in our case... Robert Smith instructed his lawyers and solicitor barristers to throw everything they could at our witnesses. So they were absolutely smashed when they got to the box. They were called cowards. They were called mentally unwell. You know, we had men who'd, who'd served bravely in Afghanistan literally crying in the box. Uh, so the pressure they were under and then observing that with, I guess, my it's I'm not comparing my reputation or my experience there to, to war, not for a moment, but to observe that sitting in the, in the, in the court of over 101 days, wondering if justice would prevail was absolutely, it's like a, I can't tell you, the pressure cooker situation was, was up, up to, turned up to 100. I'm not surprised. Nick, hold on there, mate. We'll come back in a moment. Nick McKenzie, Sydney Morning Herald journalist, crossing the line as the book on Ben Robert Smith. More in a moment, 13 past. News talks every quarter past eight. Um, Nick McKenzie is um, is our guest out of the Sydney Morning Herald. Now, listen, we've had a little bit of experience with this broadly, Nick. A guy called Nicky Hager here, author, uh, wrote about our time in Afghanistan and, and our special forces. And what I'm just wondering is whether something happens in war to people generally where the rules seemingly don't apply. Is, is, is that what you found broadly in this sort of case? Listen, I've spoken to Nicky and I'm aware of the New Zealand experience. And I think uh, actually New Zealand has... You guys have not had the full truth come out because how can it be that in Australia there has been found to be war crimes committed? Uh, in America, we've we've had similar findings with special forces in Afghanistan, and Britain now is coming to its own conclusions. There's an inquiry there, so I mean, ultimately, I think you know, the, the the full truth hasn't come out in New Zealand. One of Ben Robert Smith's key witnesses, a person that was called Person Thirty Five because of national security laws protecting his name. He's a former, I mean, he's in New Zealand right now. He was a former New Zealand soldier who then joined the Australian SAS. Uh, he was found to have lied in court for Ben Robert Smith to cover up executions. And I guess what I'm saying is uh, that I'd be amazed if New Zealand has not had some of the very same experiences. It's just no. the evidence has never come yeah. to light. Yeah. Is war a part of this? Of course it is. But there's also the factor of multiple deployments to Afghanistan. So our special air service regiment was overused by our politicians. There's no doubt about that. But, but all that said, I mean, this story is about the brave and honourable men of the SAS. And they went, uh, one of our witnesses told the court he, he had 11 deployments. He went to Afghanistan 11 times. He fought over and over again. And throughout all that time, or lots of that time, and certainly years afterwards, he was the bloke raising concerns that Ben Robert Smith had executed people, and he said, "You know, war is ugly. War requires tough people." This is what he, you know, he told the court effectively. But you know, we fight hard, but we fight fair. We're not the Taliban, uh, and I think um, to simply blame it on war uh, is not really the, the full story because most of the Aussie 
soldiers did the right thing. Uh, it was just a very, very small number who, who not just crossed the line, but leapt over, over yeah. a line. Does it say something about the personality? And I, and, and I take on board what you've just said, but does it take on something to do with the personality of why you would want to be there in the first place? That takes us, I mean, you and I aren't going there, are we? Uh, it takes a certain type of person, and therefore is that conducive potentially to things going wrong? I'm not sure about this because the, the professional soldiers of the SAS and the commandos that I've met, and I've met many now, they're, they're terrific people and they're, they're, you know, they, they often say things like that the shot not fired is the most important. You know, they're, they're, they're thinking soldiers and they're, you know, they're highly trained and they know um, their craft and they're passionate about being soldiers. I think the, the, the real truth of it is, is that Ben Robert Smith is a, is a psychopath and a narcissist, and right. he was one out of a box. I mean, it, it was simply him and him pushing a small number of other junior soldiers to do the wrong thing. That's that's where the bulk of this issue, at least in respect of the, the whole crazy story that, it, that is his story, lies. But he he was I mean, he seemed to enjoy um, executing people, and he would go around apparently at dinner parties, boasting that he killed 87 men. Now, how many of those were civilians or prisoners with their hands bound? We don't know, but we know there's at least mm. uh, some. Um, so the, the, the real question for Australia is how, how did a, a psychopath, narcissist, exactly. join the SAS? Because they, they're meant to screen these guys Well, out. where were the red flags? Uh, the, the red flags were uh, clear in his early behaviour. I mean, he was on base. He was a bully. Uh, he was bastardising young junior SAS troopers, and extraordinarily, uh, we, we uncovered this this incident, which was actually held up in court as true. We, we reported it, and the judge found it had occurred. Where on pre uh, pre uh, deployment training exercise, uh, that they were engaging in a in a fake sort of hostage taking situation, and he instructed a junior soldier to execute the hostage. Now the hostage was another Aussie soldier pretending to be an Afghan um, a prisoner. Mm. Uh, um, excuse me, a prisoner training exercise, and he said, no, shoot him in the back of the head. And the junior trooper says to Ben Robert Smith, oh, hang on, what are you talking about? And Ben Robert says, says that's what it's going to be like when we get over there. That's how I roll. Okay. Uh, and you know, the warning signs were he was, he was back in Australia during training, giving his guys primers on how to murder uh, and execute prisoners in the field. And people saw that. I mean, and, and fellow soldiers said, mate, pull your head in. What are you doing? This yeah. is not how we conduct ourselves. Uh, so, I mean, th there was many warning signs. And the, and the murders, we say, took place over many years. The court found that two of the uh, murders he was implicated in, the executions of prisoners, were, took place in 2009. The most infamous, though, was in 2012, so three years later, uh, and involved an Afghan prisoner being kicked off a cliff. This is a civilian and a father of a number of children being uh, taken prisoner, kicked off a cliff, and then executed at the bottom of that cliff. Wow. What should happen to him? And that's the other interesting thing. Uh, the, the legals around it and, you know, the head of the military has offered to hand back medals and there's a call for him to the, all of that. What should happen to him? Well, there's a debate raging in Australia now around his, his medals, uh, and, for instance, he was given a commendation for distinguished service in 2012. That's a leadership medal. That same year, he's accused of, of murdering prisoners and of blooding, which is forcing junior soldiers to kill prisoners. So I, I don't know how he retains that medal at the moment. He, he does. But there's a debate raging around 
those medals. He's the most decorated soldier, Afghan veteran in Australia right now. The most critical thing for him, though, is that the uh, we have a, a very special war crimes office set up, set up the Office of the Special Investigators um, set up in, in late um, 2020 to look at the allegations of special forces committing war crimes in Afghanistan. He's the subject of multiple investigations uh, that are being run by the, the OSI and our case that he took, he sued us. It was a civil case in, in, in a civil court, Federal Court of Australia. The danger for him now is that he faces criminal charges and he's put before yeah. a jury and faces murder charges. That's likely to be where this, this scandal ultimately goes. All right, we'll get you back on soon, Nick. Appreciate it. Nick McKenzie, author out of Crossing the Line, 22 past eight. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.